0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Storytelling on All Bases. I'm your host, Ingle and in today's episode, we're going to be looking at a TV show, specifically an anime TV show that ran for 5 episodes and began and ended in 2007. Have you guessed the show yet? Well, if what I said wasn't enough information, then here's something else about the show. It stars Samuel L. Jackson. If you guessed Afro Samurai, then you are correct we were discussing what the story is about, the importance of certain characters in the story, and lastly, what's the end result, or what is the the feeling that we are left with after the entire story is all said and done. Uh, I will warn you, like all my other episodes, that there will be spoilers. If you haven't seen the show and wish not to listen to the podcast, then I recommend you do so before this podcast continues. Lastly, Thank you for listening to my podcast. It really helps me out in understanding my audience. And if what I'm doing is um, interesting. So thank you again. With all that said, I'm the show. If you don't know what anime is, then I think a quick introduction to what anime is is in order. Anime is a certain uh, cartoon animation art style that originated in Japan. The art originates all the way back to 1906, but that claim hasn't been exactly true. But the first verifiable films date back to 1917. So it might be true that it did begin in 1906, but I guess it's hard to say. The TV series and the film Afro Samurai Resurrection which is the film, Afro Samurai Resurrection, was created by Takashi Okazaki. Takashi was inspired by American media and the depiction of Japanese culture. He then started to combine the work of a samurai in his story, which was inspired by a black samurai, uh, Yasuki, uh, which was a real samurai who was around uh, during the Sengoku period of Japan, which was a period of many civil wars, social upheaval and political collude or conspiring of doing harm or to deceive people. I think the Sengoku period might have been an important inspiration or importance in the story of Afro Samurai, as there is lots of fighting in the story of Afro Samurai, but that could be because of the number two headband. The most important episode, really, I think, in any TV show should be the first episode because that episode sets up the plot and our main characters or Our starting main characters, or character. In the first episode of Afro Samurai, we see Afro at a young age with his father, who who is the number one. He has the number one headband, and there is a challenger who is a gunslinger, whose name is Justice, and he has the number two headband. Justice and Afro's father fight long, but uh, long story short, uh, Justice kills Afro's father thus sparking the journey that Afro goes on, he has to find the number 2 headband. We find out that Afro gets taken into this dojo after being saved from a brother and sister, later known as Gino and Otsudo, which Gino becomes like a brother to Afro as the relationship grows in this short span of 3 episodes out of 5. During Afro's uh, stay at this dojo, he starts to learn how to fight with a sword, uh, which later, during the night on the town, He overhears a local talking about the number two headband. Afro then hunts down this person who mentioned about the number two headband and uh, threatens him with a sword when he doesn't uh, tell Afro who has the number two headband. Then uh, the uh, stranger threatens to kill Afro with a gun. Afro then counters by cutting the stranger's head almost entirely off. The stranger still has life uh, to pull the trigger, missing Afro, but only to make Afro turn around and watch the man kill himself after saying, you always gotta finish the job. This ultimately, I think, scars Afro as he was not prepared for seeing uh, that. As he witnessed blood explode and spread literally everywhere, Afro then runs back to the dojo, but the headmaster eventually finds out what happened, most likely from the blade, which had and has blood on it. For that reason, Afro gets punished as his headmaster tells him this, the journey to become the number two, and of course the number one, is but a path of killing and more killing. Then the master says, uh, this other line, men are not meant to kill, and the only way you'll be free is if you break away from this chain of killing. Only then can you free, only then can you be free. These two scenes were very important, not only to the plot, but to our character Afro Samurai. After all, uh, in the first episode, we see uh, Afro go on what might as well be called as nonsense or killing sprees during the beginning of the first episode and continuing on to the next episodes in the show, but I wouldn't say maybe that seeing that man kill himself was so scarring to make Afro stop going on the path of the number two to the number one I think it was important to make sure that he didn't let anyone suffer like that man that he almost left suffer. And it was uh, pretty scarring from what we, from in the show, because Afro literally watches man kill himself. So definitely, as I mentioned before, I think it was important to make sure that he didn't let anyone suffer like that man that he almost, that he almost left as is suffered. After the first episode and the second episode, with the first episode discussing the plot, and the second episode showing us, us, the audience, Afro's past at a young age, the third episode doesn't really bring up main points of Afro's childhood, only, I guess, except for the fact that um, how Afro became to like uh, lemonade, which is something that we learned in the first episode. But, Episode 3 does uh, bring up an an important main point of Afro's childhood only at the very end, with us meeting Gino now in the present day. Episode 4 of Afro Samurai I think really brings everything together because at the end of that episode, Afro's past is complete and there is nothing really new that is brung up after episode 4. But in episode 4 we meet Gino in his new state and learn during the course of the battle how he became robotic. Um, and stitched back together and not really all that human. During Gino and Afro's battle we get a flashback of Gino saying to Afro after Gino had to save Afro from some evil locals. uh, He says this you need to live uh, he needs to live his own life he should not be too busy trying to avenge his father Uh, this is important because it's a realization of how old Afro is during this flashback and the fact that Afro is still on his revenge or his journey to become the number two and of course the number one to avenge his father's death. And there's another big hitter that happens to be the reason for why Gino and Afro are fighting. During uh, the graduation of the students from the, the dojo, uh, of course including Afro and Gino, uh, Afro asks the headmaster uh, are you the number two? the master answers back telling Afro to meet him at this place. Afro asks this question after uh, him and Gino overheard a local uh, telling them that people think the headmaster has the number two headband. This obviously got Afro's attention bringing him bringing him up to asking the question there's another reason for this battle uh, uh, that they're having in the present day. you see um, Gino, it's uh, kind of like taken in uh, by this evil group in the beginning of the show, uh, the Brotherhood uh, Clan, I guess. Um, and um, well, we'll get to that in a in a little bit. But that's one that's one of the reasons why this battle is important because he's kind of because Geno kind of has to do this. He has to fight him. But anyways uh getting too far ahead um so you see when afro meets with the headmaster for the number two headband locals show up and so did everyone from the dojo show up gino and everyone wanted to stop afro from killing the headmaster and the locals showed up because they wanted to have a chance of getting the number two headband before it was obviously taken into someone else's hands. Because of everyone showing up, there was a battle where tons of blood was shed and everyone from the dojo died except for Gino, who was really honestly badly wounded, and him and his sister, and Afro. The climax of the battle is when Afro kills the headmaster for the number 2 headband and takes it, but after everything was done, Gino couldn't believe what had happened, and he couldn't believe it that his friend, Afro, who was treated like family, and Gino and Afro's connection was more than friends, it was more of brothers. After Gino realizes this, he steps back, too far back, and falls off a cliff into an ocean. After Afro watched Gino fall, he takes in what just happened and remembers what the headmaster said to him before the battle began, and he said, if you continue on this path, you will have no friends, no joy, no love, only murdering the spree of the one wearing than, the number two headband. During Afro's loneliness after the battle, a person appears to him, which is, which his name, uh, is Ninja Ninja. But Ninja Ninja is, is real and an imaginary. Ninja Ninja becomes sort of uh, like Afro's friend and like a sidekick, but one that doesn't do too much fighting. More or less, um, we meet him in the in the very beginning of the show, but, um, he's not too important, uh, to, to, I mean, of course, the story, but, uh, Ninja Ninja, as I mentioned, like, like I said, he's like a sidekick, but one that doesn't do too much fighting, but he honestly lightens up the mood of the show, he really makes it, uh, comedic or funny. Um, after that flashback, we return back to the battle, then we cut to a new flashback, but instead of it being... Afro. This one is about Gino. After Gino fell off the cliff into the ocean, he was taken in by the evil brothers who tried to take Afro out with a robot that was exactly like Afro, and I guess every villain has to have a mad scientist, but instead this one is very creepy, evil, and kind of mad. He explains that he will be able to bring Gino back to life, but he will need these parts to help make make him complete. And so he begins to stitch, screw, bolts in, and make Gino whole again. And honestly, it's kind of terrifying if you think about it. But after Gino is all fixed up, he uh, goes on a walk where tons of people see him, question him, and talk about him. Uh, His walk ends only to find the cliff where he fell from, and he honestly debates for a while about uh... whether or not to end his suffering again, which makes sense. After all that had happened, he was ultimately broken, especially his morals. Gino was all about living a good life, living every moment like it was your last, and of course, family and friends to be by your side. The only issue with that was he lost all of his family, and especially his friends. But during that moment, a bunch of evil people uh, uh, want to kill him, of course, uh, and Gino doesn't let this happen. He returns back to the mad scientist's lair where he receives gifts, especially a robe, two swords, and a helmet in the shape of his sister's stuffed bear's uh, head. Combine all that, and in the end of the backstory of Afros and Genos is complete. We know why they are fighting, as well as everything we could possibly know about Afro, and maybe all we can possibly know about Geno. After episode four, Afro gets the final showdown he's always wanted and avenges his father. So. He beats Justice, and the TV series ends with Afro and Gino battling uh, another battle again. So the series ends for Afro Samurai, but the movie is really the final ending. But that's for another time. That was a lot of talking. If you could if you could see the script, you would believe it as well. So, uh, what does this tell you or us, the audience, of the storytelling that this show shows us? I think the best form of storytelling that, uh, that is... Uh, shown in this show is its visual storytelling and the color to help the tone of the story. I mean, don't get me wrong, the story is good, but we could think very simply and easily of what this story is. It's a revenge story. The ultimate thing Afro wants in the end is to avenge his father, get revenge. But we see Afro's backstory in his childhood and we really see something different than revenge. We see a boy at a young age learn how to fight, kill, win, battle, and turn his back on his friends slash his new family and last of all those things is learning to be able to live by himself being alone you can almost honestly think after watching the show you might think that this is kill bill but hard to say i haven't really uh, watched kill bill myself but i just know a, l- a little bit about what kill bill really is but anyways When I was done watching the show for the first time, I ultimately had a hard time seeing the good in Afro. Like, what makes him a hero? And when I added it all up, it was hard to say Afro was a hero or a figure to um, look up to, which I don't think he is someone to look up to exactly. Um, But when I think about the show and the movie of Afro Samurai, there's one word that comes to mind that describes the show and the end feeling when I look back on it. And that's um, badass. I hope you found this episode as in depth as the script was for this episode, because it was quite long. But I guess that's what happens when you keep up with podcasts and uh, try to create um, more in depth discussion or uh, a more in depth script about TV show, movies, storytelling, all that. But what's something that I could leave you with after this episode? Well, as I mentioned, the best form of storytelling in this show uh, was definitely the art uh, and or the colors that are shown in the show. Now that could be my personal opinion, but hear me out. Colors change moods. If you're feeling happy, you could start to feel sad when you uh, see something too blue. And it's been said, and it is true, that green is a calming color. Afro Samurai doesn't have too many points or uh, a lot of green. it and it doesn't have a lot of uh, blue uh, red pink um, orange yellow um, all the primary colors it doesn't have uh, a lot of those bright colors what it has a lot of is black gray white you know and if it does have primary colors or any of the colors that you need to mix like green orange and other colors that I can't think of. Oh wait, purple. Uh, but still, like any of those colors, if there are any of those colors in the show, they're usually dark. They, they have a darker shade on them. And seeing those darker shades and seeing just only black, gray, and white all the time can kind of really make you feel a different way. Kind of can make you feel a little maybe uncomfortable or maybe um, sad, maybe a little bit. Like, or you could start to think that it is uh, depressing of a show but that is up to you and when you're watching it and if you do want to watch it and um, uh, if you're one of the people who uh, haven't seen it or um, and uh, decided to stick around for the rest of the show you can most certainly watch the show on Hulu and uh, the movie also on Hulu, afro Samurai Resurrection, which is the movie. Uh, you can watch both of those on Hulu. They are definitely worth watching. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Storytelling on All Bases. I'm still your host, Ingo Rothnopoulos, in case you're wondering. And I hope you'll tune into the next episode of Storytelling on All Bases, where we will discuss a play, but also discuss the differences between theatrical plays, musicals, and visual storytelling, TV shows, videos, movies, and though we will discuss those but besides the obvious uh, between theatrical plays and visual storytelling. There are more differences than that. With all that said, have a great night everyone.